Chapter Four of A Deal with the Devil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Angelique G. Campbell, January two thousand nineteen. A Deal with the Devil by Eden Philpotts, hidden in London. I was sorry to leave Mister Murdoch, Missus Hopkins, and other kind friends at Ealing, but as they always said, I did not mind changing residences for number one one four windsor road was an old-fashioned dwelling-house without a bathroom which is a great drawback grandpapa's hair began to come back now and little silvery tufts over his ears he also lost something of his old stoop and took to using one walking-stick instead of a couple he grew terribly sensitive and bad-tempered as his powers increased and with access of mental strength the agony and horror of his position naturally became more and more keen we had a long conversation as to where we should take ourselves in our secret grandpapa first changed his mind about london and wanted to leave england he had an unpractical yearning to sail away and hide his approaching manhood on some desert island but for my part i wish now i had fallen in with this project and taken the old man off to the heart of the tropics or the point of the poles or anywhere away from civilization but in a weak moment i urged him to abide by his original opinion that the metropolis was a place where he might best hide his approaching transformation i forgot my grandfather's different weaknesses when i made this suggestion i should of course have recollected that the ruling passions of his life would reassert themselves however he consented to come to town and away we went suddenly mysteriously without leaving any address though not before i had settled every outstanding account our means were fortunately ample for all moderate comforts we took a little house at west kensington number eighteen wharton terrace and there having engaged a cook and housemaid we settled down to face what problems the future might have in store for us grandpapa continued to hug his hideous secret nor would he suffer me to seek spiritual legal or medical aid for the present he had abandoned his design of consulting the bishop of london and the other celebrities he had mentioned in the first agony of his discovery in fact as time passed i could see he was trying to banish his position from his mind he fought against his growing strength and attempted excesses in the manner of eating and drinking with a view to impair his constitution don't be chattering about the matter for heaven's sake he said to me on the occasion of his hundred and second birthday you're always whining and making stupid suggestions do try and look cheerful even if you don't feel so it's bad enough to be the sport of fiends without having a wet blanket like you crying and sighing about from morning till night you make every room in the house damp and draughty with your groans and tears you're now eighty i said eighty according to the new scheme and you look less are you going on without making any effort to throw off this abominable curse are you content to let matters take their backward course 
do something anything i implore you take some steps try to stem the tide be a man grandpapa a man he laughed bitterly yes he continued a man first then a conceited puppet with a mustache and ridiculous clothes then a long-legged lout of a boy with a pimply face that blushes when the girls pass by then a little good-for-nothing devil at school then a small red-cheeked beast in short frocks then a limp putty-faced india-rubber-sucking howling fragment in long frocks then my god it's terrible he hid his old face and cried i noticed the blue veins that used to cover the backs of his hands in a network like the railway lines at clapham junction were dwindling the shiny skin was filling out the muscles were developing once more terrible indeed dear grandpapa but i will never never leave you he brushed away his tears and stood erect you may do what you please and now i'll tell you what i'm going to do no more crying over spilled milk anyhow i've got eight years left and i'm going to use em i'm a man without a future at least without a future i can make or mar everything's settled but i'm free for eight years we've got five hundred a year that means a principal of fifteen thousand pounds i shall leave you five thousand and spend the other ten thousand during my lifetime grandpapa yes i'm going to enjoy myself it isn't as much money as i should like but my tastes are fairly simple i shall keep the bulk of the coin until three years hence then i shall be fifty from that time for the next three years until i'm twenty i shall paint the town red then from twenty downwards when i shall begin to shrink very rapidly you might look after me again if you're still alive thank you grandpapa but i shan't be such a program as you are arranging would certainly kill me i'm getting an old woman now i couldn't stand it i couldn't see you dragging an honoured name in the dust oh think what this is you propose to do what does your conscience say what would my father your eldest son have said my conscience he cried a pretty sweet thing in consciences i must have if my conscience couldn't keep me out of this hole i should think he had mistaken his vocation you wait that's all i'll pay him back i'll give him something to do presently i'll keep him busy i guess he'll be about the most overworked conscience even in london before long it was in this bitter and irreligious way that grandpapa had now taken to talk he picked up all the modern slang 
and waited with almost fiendish impatience for his strength to reach a point when he would be able to go out once more into the wicked world but of course the instincts and habits of old age were still to some extent upon him he continued to read the political articles in the papers and give vent to old-fashioned reflections he was a tory left high and dry a man who even yet declared that the reform bill ought never to have been passed about every six weeks grandpapa had to change the strength of his spectacles for his sight became better daily and with it one by one the wrinkles were blotted out the hearing grew sharper the round bald patch on his head decreased and a little gray already sprinkled the silver of his hair he joined an old man's club in our neighborhood called the fossils as a preliminary canter so he told me and from this questionable gathering which met at a hostelry in hammersmith broadway he came home at night very late and often so worn out and weary that he had not strength to use his latch-key i always let him in and supported him to bed on those occasions then when he was about seventy-five according to the new scheme he kissed sophie the housemaid a most respectable girl and engaged she gave warning and i felt that poor grandpapa had now definitely set out on his task of painting the town red this expression was often in his mouth and i began to dimly gather the significance of it End of section four.